Welcome to the Player Development Pod, presented by Beyond the Field. Hello, hello, hello. I'm Ed Jones II. I'm the founder of the Beyond the Field program and experienced player development professional. This podcast is here to bring exposure to the player development field with the goal of creating generational impact in athletics and other surrounding areas. Thank you so much for being here. Like, seriously, I appreciate you all so much for taking time out of your day to spend time with me on this platform. In today's episode, we'll discuss the biggest lesson I learned in player development. We will dive deeper into this lesson after this ad by our sponsors. This podcast is brought to you by Beyond the Field Program, LLC. Interested in creating an impact for your athletes? Interested in player development but don't know where to start? Beyond the Field is your one-stop shop for all things player development. Go to btfprogram.com to purchase or download player development resources. Email info at btfprogram.com for consulting and other player development needs you may have. We want to help you create the generational impact you want to see in the world. Once again, visit btfprogram.com for more information. Follow us on Twitter and IG at BTF underscore program. That's BTF underscore program and Facebook BTF program. One word BTF program. Today's topic is the biggest lesson I learned in my player development career. This lesson was brought to me by Lauren Hawkins in my fourth year of being a player development professional. Now, if you know me on social media, you know, I shout out Lauren for when I was at Kansas. Like Lauren is like that. She is like elite. And I'll give you a little background of her working with me. So Lauren Hawkins, who is currently a GA with the University of Arkansas Athletic Department, was my assistant at her alma mater, Kansas, for two years. Shout out to Lauren. She like really, really helped beyond the field, take it to the next level. She made countless sacrifices to be able to help us. You know, uh, first of all, she she interviewed on January 29th, uh, 2019 at 930, to be exact. Uh, she interviewed there, did an incredible job in the interview. She crushed it. I mean. I was blown away by her preparation, just her maturity. She was a sophomore in school and she knew what she wanted. She knew how she can help and she knew what she could provide for our program to enhance it. So anyway, she interviews on January 29th. I'm like, yeah, she's good. Let's get her. Let's help. She's going to help our program. Well, she doesn't start until April. So there was a three month wait where I'm literally like going to our administration, like, please, please, like, how can we get her? She's awesome. Like, she's got to get a job. Like, we can't just have anybody just wait, you know. Um, but eventually she got there in April, you know. Um, she fought through a lot of things. Uh, you know, unfortunately, it was an unpaid internship that was told straight up at the beginning. And at this moment where I was in my career, I now I would I would definitely be like, no, we're not doing it. At that point in my career, I was like, well, I did it, you know you know, uh, let's see if others could do it. But now I, I've kind of changed my mindset on that. And definitely, you know, she fought through that too. She was able to, you know, get other jobs and whatever she needed, we worked with her. But she fought through a lot because she saw the importance of developing the young men in the program. Like Lauren had to wait. She had to do this stuff. Like we, when COVID hit, it was this process to get her back in the building. Like she was one of the only assistants, student assistants to get back in the building because they knew how, you know, uh, impactful she was in the program. My administrator, he was like, yeah, we got to get her in here. If we get anybody, we're going to get her in here, you know? And so I just want to say thank you so much to Lauren, just for just, you know, Lauren, I want to give you your roses right now for all you've done for beyond the field, how you helped my career, how you helped me see that player development is going to be in great hands with the, the next generation coming behind me. You know, um, you just did a lot, not only for myself, but for your, your friends, your fellow students, you know, those who were at KU, you know, I appreciate that. 
and I appreciate you for helping me learn the biggest lesson in my player development career. Shout out to Lord, everybody. All right, let's get into the lesson I learned. So I'm coming from, you know, uh, a university to Kansas and Kansas provided, you know, so many resources. I mean, it was so many resources that were given to me to not only develop the student athletes, but to develop myself as a professional. And so when you look at these resources, things that 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 were new to me were we were able to take guys to conferences. You know, we were able to to bring speakers in or to to feed or bring, you know, uh, food in for events. You know, I was able to go to conferences and get developed to help the students. It was just incredible. All these resources that were provided to me. And I mean, this funding just provided for impactful programming for our players. You know, and as stated earlier, Lauren started in April. So when I was in the process of planning a summer program for our players, so here I am, we got all these resources. I'm like, man, yeah, we bought that. Man, we're going to crush it this summer. Let's go. You know, Lauren comes in in April. So I've already started beginning the planning for the summer program. She comes in and we got to start like immediately. Like, boom, here we go. We're going, whatever it may be. And she had an immediate impact, immediate value to the programming because of her organization, her understanding of what we were trying to do and her innovation. As we began to get closer to the deadlines, you know, I was in the office constantly. I'm editing, deleting, printing. Lauren hate all the printing. I print paper. I like to write on paper. I'm getting better at saving trees, but I'm one of those printers. Forgive me, y'all. But I'm editing, you know, deleting, saving this, sending this email, this draft, all this stuff going on as the deadlines are coming. And I'm just stuck in the office. Like, I'm, I'm stuck in there. I'm pushing through. I'm bogged down. I'm just like, man, we got to get this stuff done. And then one day in mid-May, right before final started, or beginning of May, excuse me, right before final started, Lauren stopped me and she said, Ed Jones, as, as she always says, as many people say in my life, but Ed Jones, uh, don't forget about the players during this time. They need you and they want you around. And I was like, oh, snap. Like this statement hit me like a ton of bricks. The reason why is because what she said reminded me of something I heard a lot when I was coaching, you know, in high school and, and even hearing it working in college football programs is think players, not plays. Now, this phrase is used for coaches who in game, you know, they have their plays or they have their offense. Or they have their systems and they say, you know, like this is what we're going to run. This is what we're going to do. And this could be any sport I've seen in the basketball, soccer, other things. Right. This is what we're going to do. This is what's always worked. This is mine. You know, this play is going to work. And when you get to these crunch moments, there's coaches and there's people that say, hey, think the, think about players, right? Think about the players that are going to play. We may have a player right now that's hot. Get him the ball, whatever it may be. Or, you know, we want to run this play to this guy. Unfortunately, he's not he's not ready for it or or this game isn't his game, whatever it may be. So that's a, a phrase that's used to just think players, like a reminder that the players are in the game. That's what matters. And the current situation would be solved by thinking about the players. So I sat back and realized that although the programming that I was doing was good for the players, the thing they needed the most in that time was my presence, my encouragement, and my positivity in their daily lives. So like I'm telling you, Lauren, it, this hit me like a ton of bricks, stack of bricks, right? So I stopped what I was doing and I'm sitting there and for that week, I realized the players needed support during finals as the semester was finishing. And so I kind of changed my agenda because if you work in athletics, specifically football, in May, they leave after finals and there's like a two to three week period where they're gone. 
They go back home. You know, they get to spend time with their families before they come back in June, before the summer semester or semester one starts. And so I would have had a two to three week period where they're gone, where I could crunch and get all the final final finalize all the programming stuff that I needed, you know, and it just made me think, what would I look like if, you know, I took that time I had with them worried about programming and they get back and I'm talking about programming and they're like, hey, but we needed you when we were here, you know, and so. It just changed my mindset and and we were able to finish it the summer programming and the summer program was elite but i needed that i needed that because the resources were getting me to like i need to make this for these players we need to do this this program is going to be great this is going to be great this is going to help this player this is going to help this player this player coming in this player that's here this player that's leaving all this is great and there's nothing wrong with that stuff but what they needed was for me to think about them and not programming. And so the effect that had on me and it has just been astronomical. Now, I'm going to I can admit I've had to go back to this moment in my career to remind myself that it's about players. And this could be because you're justifying I, I, or because I've tried to justify my role or what I've done or the things that I am doing to show people a role that's not very quantitative, as we spoke about before in other podcasts, that I'm getting things done. So I have to go back to this and not worry about, OK, this program, once again, is good. But, hey, you know, I tell myself, hey, let's think players, not program. You know, at the end of the day, I was there or I was in place for the players. And so you may be a director of player development, a director of student athlete development. You may work for a professional team or work at a high school. Wherever you are, may this story remind you that the most impactful thing you can do is be present in the lives of the players under your influence. The people really under your influence, wherever field, whatever field you're in, you know, I want you to think players, not programming, people, not programming. You know, God has placed us where we are for a reason. And that reason is greater than ourselves. That reason is greater than our ability. That reason is greater than what we can do. Please learn from me and remember to think players, not programming. All right, it's time for our former player shout out. I want to give recognition to those that I've coached or led who are doing great things beyond the field. This episode, I want to give a shout out to Roman Brown. Roman was a linebacker for us during my time at Houston. Roman had a magnetic smile, incredible personality, a deep care for others, and had great intellect on and off the field. The biggest thing that Roman did for our program was show up every day and absolutely work his tail off. Roman exceeded any expectations the staff had for him, and he was a consistent and respected leader in our locker room. Now Roman is a certified financial advisor at Merrill Lynch, where he helps professional athletes manage their wealth while also teaching them financial literacy principles and setting a roadmap to reach generational wealth. His mission is to revolutionize financial management for athletes and entertainers by creating a process that educates them on the financial literacy principles and empowers them to protect themselves, their families, and build generational wealth. Another example of generational impact by one of my former players. We love to see it. Roman also is a majority owner of Vail Athletics. Vail Athletics is an athletic performance wear brand that creates awareness around holistic training for athletes. They know training your body mind and spirit will bring forth greater performance on and off the field. You can visit Vail Athletics at veilathletics.com. That's V-A-I-L athletics.com.
It's time for the question of the day. You can send in your question or questions through our social media accounts or email your question of the day to info at btfprogram.com. Today's question of the day is from AJ Forbes. Thank you for submitting the question. The question is how challenging was it to develop guys when it was fully remote or there was minimal in-person contact? So this was difficult for me because I'm a big in-person person or I'm a big in-person individual. I like the time with people. I like to see faces. I like to be there, just someone to be in your presence. I like that. So I had, of course, adapt to what the players doing. One of the big things that our players did at that time during COVID was FaceTiming. And I'm not a big FaceTimer. And so I had to adapt. I I would call them. They wouldn't pick up. I would FaceTime them. They'd pick up. Hey, coach, what's up? How you doing? Blah, 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 blah. I was able to see. So I would say, hey, how are you working out? Like it was a Great opportunity for me because some of the players showed me that they built these workout sets or they were showing, you know, they got they introduced me to their family or where they live, whatever it may be. But that was one way. You know, another way I adjusted was social media. I'm a big Twitter person, you know, but getting on IG, getting on TikTok and following the guys and just, you know, keeping up with their stories, what's going on, you know, you know, anything. It could be uh, good or bad, um, but you just wanted to make sure that they are taken care of and that you can you can have great conversations with them based off their social media. Um, but one of the biggest benefits was without any focus on sports during that time, I got to know them all very well. Like we had incredible conversations about life, about their futures, about what they wanted to do. It was an incredible time of growth. Thank you once again for your question, AJ. Well, that's all for today. Thank you for taking your time to listen today. Go follow Beyond the Field on Twitter and IG at btfprogram.com and on Facebook at btfprogram. IG and Twitter is btf underscore program. Facebook is one word, BTF program. Tag us on social media and let us know what you learned about player development from today's show. Go visit the website, BTF program, and check out the resources and blogs. Subscribe, 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 subscribe. Eventually, when you all subscribe, I'll stop saying subscribe five times, but subscribe to this podcast on the platform you're listening to. Please rate and leave a review of the show. It would mean so much to me. Share this podcast if you believe it will benefit someone to learn more about player development. Next episode, we'll begin a series called The Questions of Player Development. I'm really excited about this episode um, or excuse me, this series, excuse me, uh, where I will answer very various questions people have about player development. I look forward to the next podcast. Thank you for tuning in and spending your valuable time with me. God bless you. Have a great day. Go out and create generational impact today. Don't wait. Create that generational impact today.